Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2341. Today, well, today we're going racing. Buckle up and be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Danville, Virginia, and you know what's there? VIR with a race car driver by the name of Jason Hart. Jason, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready. All right. Now, uh, Jason just came off a day of testing, going to be racing this upcoming weekend, although this show runs after the races, but no doubt he's going to do spectacular. I don't want to jinx anything, but I already know you're going to do great, <laughs> so don't worry about that. Before I introduce you and we talk more in depth about what you're doing in racing right now, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Jason Hart? Uh, inside the racing circles, I think I'm the guy you text if you want to figure out where the best ice cream is near a racetrack. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good one. I, <laughs> I, now I know the guy to text. I love ice cream. I eat too much of it probably, yep. and I could probably just live on it. Ice cream, now is this something that just dates back to your childhood, or is it just kind of one of those comfort foods? Man, I, I just, I don't understand you if you don't like ice cream. It's just <laughs> one of the best things you can eat. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty darn good. That's for sure. And do you have a particular, yeah. not to promote any brands here, but do you have a, a particular, let's say flavor that you like? You know, I'm a big mint chocolate chip guy. And um, anything I'm going to recommend probably is something you've never heard of. It'll be a mom and pop joint or a dairy that uh, does a bunch of homemade stuff. Because uh, that's what I'm after. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Well, you and my wife would get along well. She loves that flavor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, although she's not, doesn't have the sweet tooth I have, but um, she does love a mint chocolate chip. And yeah, there's a couple of creameries up here. One is up on Lopez Island, part of the San Juans that makes a really nice pint of ice cream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I might have a little scoop tonight just to celebrate our conversation. Well, let me give you an introduction <laughs> as we have that sweet tooth uh, looming about us right now. Jason Hart is a race car driver running in the SRO GT4 America with NOLA Sport. Jason was the 2022 GT4 America Pro-Am Cup champion. Congratulations, Jason, for that one. Awesome. Thank you. And the 2021 SRO GT4 America champion with NOLA Sport. He has raced, coached, and tested in countless cars on tracks across North America. Jason has massive experience with IMSA GTD. IMSA STGS, World Challenge GT, GTS, SRO GT4, Trans Am, TA2, not acronyms here, and various other sports car racing series. He's worked with racing schools, film producers, race teams, precision driving coordinators, race drivers, and dynamic vehicle marketing partners. And ironically, Hart, H-E-A-R-T, not H-A-R-T, like his name is spelled, is the best way to define what drives Jason's passions to succeed as a professional race car driver. We'll be back in just a moment, but we're going to take a pit stop for our sponsors. So give them a little love and we'll be right back. Buckle up. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. So, Jason, I want to go back a little bit before we come to the future about how you got into racing. Uh, Where did this passion come from? What was the start like? And then we'll dive into talking a little bit more about SRO Motorsports Group, what that means, GT4 America, and, of course, NOLA Sport. So take it away. Yeah, so I was born into it a bit. My dad uh, owned a company called Bud Hart Porsche Racing, so he worked at dealerships and then decided to open up his own independent Porsche repair shop, and then those customers wanted to go to the track and race. And my dad was a racer. He raced on uh, dirt primarily uh, with ovals and things like that, like out of Ascot and stuff like that. And anyways, as his customers and sports cars wanted to go to the track, uh, he started to support them there. So, but our Porsche racing came alive. So when I was very young, I was around his shop quite a bit. Not necessarily a woe's me, but, you know, when I was about 10 years old, my parents got divorced. So I was removed from sports cars and racing for quite a long time. And then uh, after I graduated high school, I uh, decided to go and move in with my dad. 
because uh, he had moved to Arizona. We were in uh, Northern California, Santa Clara. And uh, once I started working with him again, I, he's like, you should go get a job at Bondurant. And I was like, <laughs> what's that? And he said, it's a racing school like three miles from our house. And uh, so I literally went down there and got hired on the spot. And uh, and that was the end of it, man. I was just racing schools and working for manufacturers and working hard to, to learn how to get be a race car driver, how to get opportunities as a, as a race car driver and got into all the coaching and everything else that everyone does to make a living in the sport. And, and it's been quite the journey. Well, no doubt. Now, that must have been the Phoenix area, the Bob Bondurant School. Yeah, so Phoenix proper and then Chandler is the, the town that's a little bit southeast of there. And then actually the Bob Bondurant School of Forms Driving was in Chandler, but out on the uh, Indian Reservation. Now Bob has uh, passed away, and it's now called the the Radford Racing School. But it's still a lot of the same group, and and uh, I still send a lot of drivers today to that school because I just think they do a great job. Well, they do. I got to uh, participate in one of their um, schools while I was in Phoenix for a short time, and I got my racing license through Skip Barber. But uh, they had a really fun program out there with the. Um, we were in Mustangs at the time, if I remember right. It was a while ago, mm-hmm. uh, but got to do a bunch of yeah. fun things driving those because at Skip Barber, I did the open wheel three day course. Uh, yeah. to get into vintage racing, but uh, very fun, very cool. Well, um, Porsches, as my listeners know, are my mark of choice. So the fact that you live in that world, can you explain to our listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with the groups you're running with, before we get into NOLA Sport, uh, what is SRO Motorsports Group? What is that exactly? So some people might uh, remember the days of like Pirelli World Challenge or the Speed Division World Challenge. So those those two morphed together, and then that team was purchased by SRO, which is the Stefan Rattel organization. And SRO, as I understand, is responsible for the format and formation of like GT3 and GT4 type racing, uh, working with manufacturers to build kind of uh, race cars to a specification. So SRO has basically taken over the World Pirelli World Challenge team, and it's now SRO Motorsports. And what we race in is what is called, used to be called Sprint X. Uh, now it's called GT4 America. So we do two races per weekend, 60-minute races, mandatory driver change, pit stop between 25 and 35 minutes. Both drivers qualify, and then one driver will start on Saturday. The other driver will start on Sunday. So both drivers get a full experience of uh, each side of the race plus qualifying. I race in the Pro-Am division, um, which basically is a pro driver paired with a gentleman driver. And I drive with Matt Travis. Last year, I drove with Scott Noble. Uh, and then the year before that, I did three years with Matt Travis, three or four years with Matt Travis in uh, what was GT4 Sprinac. And uh, yeah, we've come out with some quite a few races, race wins and uh, a couple of championships. So it's been really good. So as of this recording, aren't you guys leading the Pro-Am standings? We are, yes. We just uh, regained the lead after the Coda round. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Very, very cool. Appreciate it. Now, there's a variety of different cars that run in the GT4 America. Is that right? Yeah, so any manufacturer that decides to build a vehicle to the GT4 specification, and you can compete with that car in the GT4 America. And uh, right now, the, the big brands, that are, are heavily participating, obviously, are Porsche, which we're in the, with the GT4 RS. Then you have uh, Mercedes, you have the Toyota Supras, the BMW M4 GT4s, you have the McLarens, the Camaro, 
There's a KTM. I don't think there's one driving in the United States, though. There's an Alpine. There's none of those competing in the United States that I know of either. And uh, Nissan has their 350Z. And I'm probably missing a couple of other ones, but yeah. yeah so it's uh, it's all the all the major manufacturers are building these GT4 cars, which is really cool. It creates like a really diverse um, class of cars, and they're all BOP'd to as best they can, roughly turn the same lap time with the same driver, and they use uh, ride height and vehicle weight and restrictor to mainly kind of get uh, all of the cars to do roughly the same lap time. So it's a little bit kind of like the old-fashioned IROC cars where everything is kind of the same? A little bit. Yeah, the only difference with IROC is it, was, it would just be whatever the manufacturer was that was sponsoring IROC. So that was literally like all the same cars. So I kind of looked at IROC racing. Uh, like I also race in the um, Porsche Carrera Cup with MDK Motorsports. Ooh, nice. And uh, so Carrera Cup, you're just everybody is in the same exact Porsche GT3 Cup car. And... Um, so that to me is more like IROC where we're all in the same stuff. There's a couple of parameters that we can adjust, but uh, mainly it's just driver on driver, which is super intense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, is it fair to say that Porsche is one of your favorite marks since you tra- you're racing one? I know you got to probably say that, but growing up with your dad in the Porsche world, has that always been one of your marks of choice? Yeah, for sure. I've always loved Porsches and I've raced, man, just about everything. I mean, I was in a Ferrari at Le Mans last year. I've raced Corvettes, I've raced Vipers, uh, I mean, I've raced Mini Coopers, I've raced all kinds of stuff, <laughs> wow. but uh, Porsches, Porsches really, um, just really got my heart, and, and also, like, I enjoy driving them, right, and you get a lot of diversity today with Porsches, because you have the Cayman with the mid-engine, and then you have the 911s with the rear engine, and uh, they're just a lot of fun, and then from a streetcar perspective, I love them as well, because, uh, you know, they're, they're a very powerful car on track. But then they're also a very fun car on the street, super reliable. The AC works great. The radios are great. The seats are comfortable. So, like, they hit a lot of high mark uh, across the board, street and race car. Well, and even the electric Taycan, I uh, got a ride in one of those. And yeah. like, holy cow, this thing is cool. Yeah. And then, of course, the SUVs. I was at a Porsche celebration of the 75-year anniversary at a dealership, and they had a... Um, had a really nice Targa sitting there, a GTS, and then a GTS Turbo Cayenne, which I went, now that would look mm-hmm. nice in my garage. One for the wife, one for me. <laughs> Except I look at the price tag of that uh, Cayenne. It's like a quarter million dollars. I'm like, that's an expensive grocery getter. But uh, no doubt those things just fly. They're absolutely spectacular. Nola Sport. Tell me more about what is Nola Sport. Nola Sport's kind of uh, near and dear to my heart. Obviously, uh, John Sherrick, who owns the place, it's kind of like, same story of my dad right so he worked at a dealership started an independent repair shop in uh, downtown new orleans or i don't know if it's technically downtown new orleans but you know in in the city of new orleans Mm -hmm. and then one of the gentlemen from new orleans decided to build nola motorsports park and then a bunch of his customers were like hey we want to go to the track can you prepare our car for the track can you support us and it just morphed into this motorsports program and john's a long time Porsche Motorsports fan. I mean, uh, as a younger lad, he was going to Daytona 24s with his buddies and all that. So he's been ate up with Porsche Motorsport all his life. And uh, so it's really similar to like my dad's story. So it's super cool. And I actually went out there to um, coach one of their drivers. And in coaching one of their drivers, another driver asked me to jump into his Porsche Cup car and just baseline the car. 
And uh, I didn't know any different. I just went and drove it. But I guess when I came in, they told me the lap time I did was uh, well under what anybody had ever done there in a cup car. And uh, that kind of struck up conversation and, and friendship. And I started coaching more of their drivers. And then when the Cayman Club Sport came out in 2016 uh, for sale in 2015, John bought one. And actually, John was going to race it. And through the meeting them and the relationship and doing things out there, uh, John kind of made a decision that, you know, hey, maybe it'd be better if I hired you to race my car for me. Would you be interested in that? And um, I think that might show better for the race team and kind of get it off the ground. And they had done some racing before that, just supporting customers. But this was the first time that the team was going to campaign a car. And um, so we did. And we got a lot of poles and a lot of wins and won the championship. And man, that, that ball has been rolling ever since. <laughs> well, it's so cool. Uh, you listeners can find them at uh, NOLA, N-O-L-A-S-P-O-R-T dot net. And I was playing around on your site last night. You guys even sell a few cars. Um, and you've got, you know, you've got a car there, a 2023 718 GT4 RS Cayman. Oh, my be still my heart. I've, yeah. I've had lots yeah. of 911s of street cars, but I'm st- I, I just sold my last 911 last summer. It was an 87 Turbo, and I'm looking for something newer, maybe even new. And I look at the I'm looking at seriously the the 718 Caymans, the GTS in particular, but uh, that GT4 RS probably a stupid silly car for the street, but oh, nice car. Oh, yeah. All the Caymans are a blast to drive to. Like anybody that has never experienced one of the Porsche Caymans, like I can't express enough, like, you know, maybe a, maybe a friend has one or maybe there's some scenario to even rent run from a a exotic rental place, but Mm -hmm. that is such a fun car to drive. And uh, yeah, the the fact, the fact that Nola Sport uh, also has uh, a, pre-owned car dealership funny story about that the reason the cars are number 47 or at least the house car is always number 47 is that was dylan dylan shirts one of john's sons football number he was a college football player oh. and now dylan runs the pre-owned division of nola sport okay there you go yeah well i gotta be friends with him there's another car that you guys have too an 89 928 gt uh interesting car have you ever had a chance to drive a 928 Yes, I uh, I own a 928. What? Really? Uh, I've always yeah, I've always been very fond of of 928. Funny story, the um, Excellence magazine, I believe it's issue number twenty. Okay. The Arizona Highwayman, uh, Bob Devore, unfortunately has deceased, but um, Bob Devore's dark blue 928 is on the cover of that. And my dad um, did extensive work on his 928 over the years, ending up at the end. I think they had like a 6.5 liter, 740 horsepower motor in that car. Oh, my god! Normally aspirated. Yeah, yeah. No cool kidding. Stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll tell you, when those cars came out, I was living in San Diego. And Porsche was doing a thing called the Porsche Driving Experience. Yeah. They were going all over the country with these big black trailers. And I got invited to it. And I got there and they teamed us up with one of their instructors. Mm -hmm. You'll never guess who I got paired up with, Vic Elford. Yeah, there you go. I couldn't believe it. In fact, when we were standing there meeting all the instructors, the guy said, okay, Joe, you go with this guy. I said, Mark, you get to go with Vic. Where's Vic? And somebody said, oh, he's having a smoke around the backside of the trailer (laughs) because, you know, Vic smoked a lot of cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. 
And he walks out and I just went, oh my gosh, Vic Elford. And he goes, oh, you know who I am? I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, this was over <laughs> 30 years ago. But uh, I'll tell you something about that 928. And I'm so happy you have one. He said, what do you think of this new car, Mark? And I said, I don't like it at all. And he said, why not? And I said, well, it's got the engine's on the wrong end of the car. I'm a 911 <laughs> guy, right? Right. And uh, I said, it just looks kind of funny. It kind of looks like an egg or something. I don't know. And he said, Mark, when we're done today, you're going to want one of these. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. It's a cool car. Yeah. Well, I'm. what year's yours? 78. But mine's a little different. Mine weighs 2,000 pounds, has 600 horsepower and 14-inch slicks. It's a race car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay i gotta come come visit you and have you take me for some laps in that thing yeah. oh my gosh that must be insane well now i like you even more that is very cool when you think about racing and all the stuff you've done in racing what is your favorite thing about racing oh man there's so much to it but um i love the competition i love the speed i love the way a car feels when it's on the limit but set up well you know you you get into a space where you have comfort at some insane speed with the car moving around underneath you you trust and understand everything that it's doing and you're just maybe you come become part of the car man it's just so much fun to push a car to the limits Ah, uh, yeah, and especially the kind of cars you drive. Now, before I get to the next question, I have to ask since we just came off Lamar, what are your thoughts about Ferrari finally coming back? Yeah, pretty wild. I mean, so I did Lamar last year in a Ferrari. That was a blast. If I heard the announcer right, it's right at 50 years since the last time Ferrari won overall. You're right. You're right. I, I think they said 50 years since they won overall. Um, maybe not since they won in GT category, but overall. I swear that's what I heard the announcers say, which I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah. It, it's true. But, uh, but wow, I mean, that's got to really mean a lot to Ferrari as a base. Being that, um, you know, they took a, they took this first year car out and won Le Mans. Uh, but then you also have to kind of, uh, give them a little bit of grief because, uh, it's actually a French Ferrari because Orca built that car stuff. <laughs> Shh, don't, don't say that, Jason. That's supposed to be a secret. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, as car go with that Chianti, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. But well, my hat's off to them. That is a tough Absolutely. race. And you've you've run it. You know what it, what it means to win that race or even participate, much yep. less win it. So yeah, that's cool. Amazing. Amazing. Is there a person in your life that has been a huge influence or inspiration for you? I've been very fortunate to say that I have I have a few people that have been very influential. I mean, obviously my parents, but in racing specifically, I have been so blessed to encounter, cross paths with, be chosen by certain drivers, gentlemen drivers, where I was coaching and maybe racing with them that have shared incredible wisdom with me outside of the race car and, and have really shaped my life, the decisions I make. And for those that have taken on that role with me, I, I just, mm -hmm. it, it means the world to me because, um, Having very good, being surrounded by amazing people, very good people, people who have good hearts, people who care about you, that is probably the most special feeling uh, I've, I've felt in my life, outside of like having my kids and things like that. 
Well, of course. And not to mention, you think about gentlemen drivers. These are professional people that are usually very successful. Yes. They're not professional. So they're out there doing this as their passion, spending an enormous amount of time and money and effort to try to get out there and improve themselves and what they're doing. But to be around that, I'll say that class of people because they really are an elevated level, typically very hard driven people, very hard on themselves and so forth. But to be able to be around them and glean off of them their success and stories about their lives and everything yeah that's a pretty i never thought of it that way uh for you as a professional driver to to team up with these folks that's pretty darn cool yeah it's really amazing i I mean most of them are self-made you know a lot of the guys that i've been around are self-made i mean they've been bottom of the barrel at times in their lives and Mm -hmm. many of them uh thankfully made it to where they were with good values good morals treating people right, doing business the right way. And for that, they are such inspiration, such people to look up to. Uh, It's really amazing. Very fortunate to get to speak with and and speak to and get mentorship from the, the folks that I race with. That's great. So I asked the challenge question of all my guests about a huge challenge you faced, and it's really more about what it taught you, maybe not the pain you were going through at the time. It's kind of a silly question to ask a racer because Oh my gosh, racing is fraught with challenges. It's it's like every moment. It's changing. But is there one particular situation you could maybe share? And I've heard some wild ones from racers uh, that you look back now and say, yeah, it was tough, but I'm glad I went through it. I mean, you could try to keep this positive or negative, but you could go both ways as well. But um, I have learned so much from bad situations that I've gotten into. Maybe um, people that uh, you've met that... Uh, didn't have your best intentions in mind and you didn't see it, but because you learned it and went through that process that you didn't make that mistake again. Um, that's a pretty incredible destination to get to, but man, going through some of those tough trials in life, um, yeah. boy, they, they really pull at every fiber of you and, and challenge you to Keep going, keep pushing, keep your head up. In in racing, you know, there's some folks that make a lot of promises uh, and have no intention of keeping them. And then there's some folks that make a lot of promises and have every intention of keeping them. And and seeing those two sides of people um, and and learning what that feels like and looks like and and hopefully being A, guarded against the bad side and and B, um, receptive to the good side is, is a big one. Uh, and then also you, you make mistakes in motorsports, right? Every race car driver has corners that they wish they could have back where they made <laughs> no a, made a mistake that cost them a big accident, made a mistake that cost them a championship, made a mistake that, um, really just didn't end well and thinking through and learning through. And in today's age, you get all the video and all the data and, you know, so it's, it's yeah, not yeah. like it, it just leaves you. It's, it's always there. Right. It's a digital imprint forever. Um, boy, some of those are tough. I mean, some of those are just so tough where maybe you just, uh, didn't realize how dirty the inside of the track was when, when you made that pass to the inside and, uh, ended up crashing into somebody uh, you know, I've certainly had that happen uh, as a driver and, and no, no bad intent, no real bad judgment, just right. kind of got caught out on a bad surface. And, and uh, you know, it, once, once you got on the brakes, it was baked, you know, you, there's nothing you can do uh, at that point to, 
to avoid the accident. Um, man, some of those some of those are very tough things about uh, about racing. But one of the things that I do share with a lot of people to give them impression of how difficult racing is. I tend to ask people when they ask me like, "What's it like being a race car driver and winning and losing, blah blah blah, and all this stuff?" Is I'll say, you know, it's, it's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about motorsports is that if you take the NFL and every weekend all the teams played each other and there was only one winner, that is what every weekend in a race car is. It's like, yeah. Because the difference yeah. is in the NFL, half those teams win every weekend and half those teams lose every weekend. In racing, right. one team wins. Everybody else loses every weekend. <laughs> that's it's pretty tough. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's a. I hadn't heard it put that way. I think you did a great job with that. It's uh, yeah, something else. I, for you listeners that missed, I had a great talk with a gentleman named John Woody Woodard. He spent twenty plus years with Penske Racing yeah. way back in the day. I'm talking about all the way back to 1969, and he Excellent. talked about uh, yeah, a race. I think it was at Sebring. Where or no, it might have been a twenty-four hour. At any rate, they crashed the car. It came in. He was the chief mechanic. He looked at it and looked at Roger and said, "We're done." And Roger said, "No, we're not. The race yeah. isn't over yet." And uh, they ended up coming back and being in third place. And, and this wow. they had to replace the whole front right of the car. Complete suspension was gone. Body were gone. Part of the frame gone. <laughs> and he said we actually used broom handles that we duct taped together to hold the suspension on that we pulled from another car. That was in the paddock that they had crashed, and they were done, and they let us rip it off the car and put it on. Holy so, cow. I know. It's an amazing story. You have to go back and listen. Yeah. He was quite, quite, uh, he'll, he'll be a guest uh, coming up here. Well, actually, by the time I book your show, he'll, his show will run. But uh, wonderful stories there. So uh, thanks for sharing that. And you know what? The other really golden nugget you dropped there was learning the hard way when other people wrong you. Mm -hmm. And I've had that happen to me. And my wife has such a great attitude. One time I had a situation and I was so upset, a lot of money, a lot of issues, a lot of untruths being told. And she said, well, you just got an MBA in that business. You know, you just had to pay for it, you know, like yeah. most MBAs. But now, you know, when you smell that rotten fish next time and it has come up again and I go, okay, I, here we go again. I'm not going to step in it this time. I'll uh, just walk on by. So yeah, they teach you really, really tough lessons, but uh, good lessons. Yeah. So I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about maybe your most special vehicle. Now this could be a street car or a race car, but a vehicle that you got in and you think back now about it and you go, oh man, that was cool. What is that ride? Wow. I mean, right now I'm getting in a lot of those vehicles. I will be honest. Um, Are you okay? Like uh, on Monday, I'll be in a. Um, air cooled 1975 RSR, just doing a test. Oh my gosh! And for oh, me, wow. driving stuff like that, I love it. I love yeah. it. It's so much fun. But then you know, last year racing a Ferrari at Le Mans, racing a GT3R at Dubai in the 24 hour. This year, um, jumping in a brand new 992 GT3R and running Daytona 24 hour. This year, every time you get in these new race cars right i i love the old race cars for all the reasons but then the new race cars it's always a new book to learn with all the switches and trash controls and how the car <laughs> pits in and how the car pits out and you know I, I get into all the suspension and stuff like that i'm not an engineer but man i love um all the different dampers and the new technologies with dampers and um the transmissions and everything else i just find it fascinating how they find more efficiency, lighter weight, uh, faster uh, 
actuation of, of different things or less stiction in a shock or, or whatever it may be. But then I also get to drive some really cool stuff. And uh, something that I drove this year and I'll drive some more is Dussault Designs in Louisville, Texas, builds some of the raddest resto mod race cars, as far as I'm concerned, in the world. And so one of their cars, I believe, is a 67 Camaro. And I drove that at Coda this year. And we are on a path to break two minutes with a 67 Camaro at, at Coda, at Circuit of the Americas, which Whoa. is like, that's like prototype type lap times. We've already done a 209 and shakedown and um, at low power trim. So it's something around a thousand horsepower. We were at uh, a 209 <laughs> and uh, now they put better brakes, bigger tires. It's now got 15 inch rear Michelin's on it. Uh, more aero. They took 400 pounds out of it. Bosch Motorsport ABS system. It's got a Sedev sequential gearbox in it. Push rod suspension. And the motor, I think by the time we try to go for the sub two minute time uh, next March, I think uh, the motor will probably be close to a switchable uh, 2000 horsepower trim. What? Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. You got to look it up. It's super sad. It just got crashed at uh, Pikes Peak um, a couple oh. days couple days ago because they also yeah. love taking the car to pike's peak but uh, unfortunately so now they're gonna have to rebuild that a bit but once they get it back together then uh, then we'll start doing the road race type uh prep of it for time attack for uh, what is that grid life or whatever it is that does the big time yeah, attack events you, now you've got to introduce me to these guys and go uh, on the show because that they're sounds so cool I, that's hard to imagine oh my gosh but i tell you yeah do me a big favor. Just think my name when you get in that 75 RSR and say, Mark, I'm oh, going to yeah. do this one for you. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Those are oh, such fun cars to drive. That is cool. Now, this is a bit of a car psychology question for you. I got to ask you to dig deep for this. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle, not what you want to be, though. This is how you perceive yourself, your idiosyncrasies in a vehicle. What would you be and why? Whew. Man, I wish I had a more creative answer but i think okay. anybody anybody that races sports cars just wants to be a lamar winner i'd want to be uh, a re car reincarnated go. as a lamar winner i mean uh, that, yeah. is, that is such a special race such a big event and, and such an incredibly difficult race to win like that's i think that's the holy grail yep Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, I've had a lot of Lamar racers on the show, including Mr. Lamar himself. There you go. Um, so, uh, Michael Christensen. Yeah, yeah. Amazing uh, how many wins that guy's got under his belt. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got the Midas touch, but uh, very good. Oh, yeah. I like that's a unique answer, and I like that answer. How about a great book? Is there a book with all the traveling you do for racing that maybe you've enjoyed you'd like to share? You know, I, I don't know the name of the books. They're in my office. I've read them. But I'm very fond of books kind of written by or about successful sports coaches and the different approaches mm. they take dealing with all the different personalities that they deal with and the composure that they have to have in so many different dynamics to be uh, a world-class coach, like a, a, a Super Bowl winning coach or an NBA championship winning coach. I like those type of reads and that type of engagement because those coaches have to balance so much with A, the competitiveness, the emotions, the injuries, the strategies in the game, dealing with the, uh, the management that owns the sports team. Um, and those guys wear a lot of hats. I think they're very talented individuals. 
There's a whole bunch of great books. Uh, one by John Wooden, uh, The Greatest Coach Ever. Um, there's a book, Every Moment Matters, I think. I can't remember the author, but mm-hmm. another good one, Coach to Coach, The Right Call, Phil Jackson's uh, 11 Yeah, Rings. Phil Jackson, amazing. Yeah. yeah, there's some great amazing. ones here. So good. I'll put uh, I'll put a couple of those on your show notes page. So before I let you go today, I'm going to send you on the ultimate drive. This is how it works. I'm going to buy any car, park it in your garage, You can take it anywhere. This could be a car to a racetrack or just a cool drive somewhere on the planet. But here's the key part. You can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past that's no longer with us to make this drive interesting. So what does the ultimate Mm. drive look like for you, Jason? Wow. When you say it, bring anybody from the past and you're like digging at people's hearts right there. So what I call my adopted grandfather, my my mother's parents were killed um, in an airplane crash when she was 16. Oh and so oh, she was wow. taken in by um, Mary Sagan and Matt Matouche. And uh, man, Matt was just a quality individual. And he had a, uh, a Rolls Royce. And um, wow. I used to always take trips with that in him, whether it be to the yacht club, he was a big yachtsman, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, out to... You know, wherever we were in wine country in California, they lived in San Francisco. I was actually born in San Francisco, but I guess I'd probably, uh, I'd probably want to, you know, jump in a rolls and, and, uh, go for a drive with him and have another chat. That would be pretty darn special. Yeah, that would yeah. be pretty cool. And yeah. a Rolls Royce, you'd be able to hear each other fine. You're right. Those things are so are so nice and quiet. They are. Yeah, but even even Rolls Royce, they make some pretty darn fast street cars. Some of their two door coupes uh, are pretty spectacular. So uh, yeah, if they if they only nice weighed three thousand pounds instead of six or eight thousand pounds, they'd <laughs> be <know>. rockets. <laughs> you know, I got invited to go out to the local racetrack here by Bentley, and we got to yeah. drive two of their Bentley cars. And I, I almost didn't go because I thought oh, a Bentley on a racetrack. Now I know Bentley has a history, but again, the street cars are like 6,000 pounds or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they blew me away. The speed, the brakes on those things, how they handled. I could not believe it. I was like, what? This is awesome. Um, this yeah. thing drives cool. Yeah. I mean, it is a big rolling car, but still really nice job. So Bentley still has a little bit of that racing heritage. Don't know Absolutely. about a Rolls Royce. I've driven a Rolls Royce on the street, but you know, a new one, but I've not driven one on a track. Nobody would dare toss me the keys to do <laughs> right. that. So right. Smart people. So you've taken us on an awesome ride today. And I want to thank you for taking a little pit stop with us. And uh, after a hard day of testing, wish you the greatest success and luck to the team for this coming weekend. Before I let you go, could you share some words of inspiration or wisdom with us perhaps? Oh man, for the I'll just speak to the folks that are trying to be a race car driver like me. Okay. I've been coming from a, a bit of nothing and, and and that is, you know, you just most importantly one of the most important things that's ever been said to me by one of my mentors. And uh it'll I'm gonna date myself a little bit because uh, okay. of what what this says. But uh, he said, uh, do business today as if it were published in the paper tomorrow and you'll be all right. And um, so maybe today it would be posted on social media tomorrow, but uh, have something strong that guides your decision when you're chasing passion and uh, that may may help you make the right decisions. Wow. That's some powerful uh, words of inspiration there for sure. Do business today as if it was going to be published tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, uh, do the right thing, I guess is the condensed ver- version yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. How can people learn more about you, Jason, and about NOLA Sport? 
uh, for NOLA Sport, it's all it's always NOLA Sport, whether it's on Instagram or, or whatever it may be or on the Internet. And for me, it's always Jason Hart Racing, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or whatever it may be. It's, everything's Jason Hart or Jason Hart Racing or NOLA Sport. Here you go. I'll put links to those on Jason's show notes page in the Cars Yeah website. Check it out. If you have a chance to watch the races, now that you know this guy a little better, I think you're going to be doing so. Uh, you can follow them. Uh, I'll send links to uh, the racing organization so you know when the next races are going to be. And I want to do a quick shout out to Jennifer Klein. She's brought a couple of folks to the show here. So Jen, thank you for introducing me to Jason. You're doing an awesome job. Jason, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your racing experiences with you. I could sit and talk about cars forever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a riding that 928 one of these days uh, i gotta do that can't even imagine until you and i talk again my friend i'll see you down the road my pleasure thank you so much you're welcome did you know that cars yeah is in the top one percent of all podcasts based on listenership according to Libsyn, the premier rss feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.